Hi, and welcome to this week's episode of Shooting Through with Cheryl Ryan from 123 Travel. Located right in the heart of Budrum on the Sunshine Coast in Australia, just minutes away from the beach. As a local resident and owner of 123 Travel, I've been blessed with travelling all over the world to some incredible destinations. So wherever you are, relax and let me take you on a journey. This week we head off to Myanmar. My name is Cheryl Ryan and I'm your host as we travel what was once known as Burma and now Myanmar. I touched down in the capital, Yangon, with a very short itinerary on my way home from India. Keen to see as much as possible in the short time I have, I have managed to pack in 12-hour days. On a solo trip, this is okay as my evenings I can just head back to the hotel, sleep and then rise again early. I've arranged to meet my guide the next morning, but keen to make the most of my time, I take a taxi up to the Swedagon Pagoda to see it in the evening all lit up, not wanting to miss the opportunity. The second reason, being it's much cooler in the evening to visit, considered one of Buddhism's most sacred sites, this 325-foot zedi or stupa is adorned with 27 metric tonne of gold leaf, along with thousands of diamonds and other gems, which are believed to enshrine eight hairs of the Buddha, as well as relics of three former Buddhas. There are four entrances to this, and they're all via stairs that lead to the main terrace. The best time is either early in the morning, as it's quieter and more tranquil, or, as I'm doing, in the evening in the cool, with the sun setting and all the lamps being lit up. The original stupa is believed to have been built by the, the Mon people sometime between the 6th and 10th century, and due to numerous earthquakes, it's been rebuilt several times over the years. All entrances, except the western, are accessed by stairs and which are lined by stalls all selling sort of fresh and imitation flowers and these are for offerings. The western end is accessed by stairs again but also there's an escalator there and an elevator. Entrance onto the marble terrace is striking with the reflections and light. The large stupa, it sits high central with smaller ones all surrounding as you circle around its base. And it's easy to spend a number of hours wandering around the small pagodas and buildings. Pop into the museum and the photo gallery as both are certainly well worthwhile. I finished off my evening with a wander down to one of the local street restaurants to relax and prepare for tomorrow's busy day. Up early, we did the early morning visit to the pagoda again, which was well worthwhile to see the difference that the morning lighting made. My next stop was at the, now I'm not sure if I can pronounce this correctly, but it's the, the Chokotgaya Paya, and it's a spectacular 213-foot-long reclining Buddha. It's hardly publicised at all, but it should not be missed because it's housed in a metal roof shed, and the placid face with glass eyes is topped with a crown encrusted with diamonds and other precious stones. And it's incredibly spectacular. 
So, and lastly in Yangon, I'd certainly a visit would not be complete without stopping off at the um, Bogyok Ung Sen markets. These sprawling markets offer probably some 2,000 shops and here you'll find the largest selection of handicraft souvenirs all under one roof. It's often referred to as the Scott Market, probably more for a Western term. And you can find yourself a good tailor here with a great selection of silks and cottons. There's three other markets that are certainly worth a visit as well. That includes the fish market or the coconut and banana market. So there's you know plenty of things to visit here. From south to central Myanmar, I take a flight to Bagan in the heartland of the Bama people and the location of three former Burmese capitals. Bagan offers a wondrous amount of pagodas and stupas dating back to the 12th century. With only two nights to fit Bagan in, which I don't recommend, I think four days would be ideal realistically, I focused on the old Bagan area and headed off to the most popular temples, the Ananda Pato, west to the That Biang Piato, where you can climb the old city wall, and in the evening, make sure you head out to one of the popular sunset spots near Old Bagan, and you can relax and watch the sun go down over the pagodas in the distance. And with a little bit extra time, check out Bagan's largest temple, and you certainly don't want to miss that one. And it's the Damajiji um, Pato. I decide to climb out of bed early and do the hot ballooning over Old Bagan and this is something that was an amazing highlight for me and I suggest if you can add this into the budget make sure to do it. So leaving Bagan behind I travelled by land across to Mount Popper and Inlay Lake. Mount Popper, mother spirit of the Popper Nat Shrine, Nat meaning spirits being and the shrine represents the 37 most popular. From the Nat Shrine at the base to the summit will take you up a set of stairs to the temple at the top and it'll take around 20 or 30 minutes, roughly about 777 steps to be exact. However, I do suggest being very careful of the monkeys along the way and guard your glasses, your bags and anything else valuable that you might have on you. Given you need to remove your shoes and your socks, I recommend having some sanitizer wipes to clean your feet on return. And along the roadsides, make sure to stop and see the local jaggery being made and indulge yourself on a bag of sweet treats. On arrival at Inlay Lake, I checked into my hotel on the riverside and watched the long-tailed boats returning from the day from my rooftop bar. And with an early morning start, I climbed aboard my own long-tailed boat and snuggled below a blanket, which is always provided in the long-tailed boats, and also had my coat on for a bit of extra warmth on the early morning waters, and we headed out across the lake. As we crossed over the lake, I was able to see the enormity and size of it, and the villages and the communities that it supports. The lake has about a five-day market, and it rotates around several villages in the lake region, and really... It's something you've got to find out when you get there where the next one's going to be because it doesn't seem to have any great plan around it. The land-based options are the better choice 
where the minorities of the area come down from the hills to trade livestock and produce, and this makes them much more interesting and authentic. I stayed for a few nights out on the lake at a beautiful hotel called the Inlay Heritage Hotel. The hotel offers a sustainability program preserving the nature and culture of Inlay Lake that is funded by their accommodation, gift shop, restaurant and their cooking classes. The hotel is located on stilts and each room has its own styled small house-like structure. There's only around probably nine rooms. On site there is also the opportunity to cuddle a Burmese cat or two. The Burmese Cat Sanctuary is home to house and a breeding program to reintroduce the Burmese cat back into Myanmar. Prior to this program, there were no Burmese cats left in the country. The Burmese royals used to keep the cats as pets, and during the 19th and 20th century, more people migrated to Myanmar and new cat breeds diluted the Burmese cat out and soon only hybrid breeds existed. With this current breeding program, only desexed cats are sold and no hybrid breeding is allowed. The cat sanctuary houses around maybe 30 to 40 cats. One of the big problems for the Inlay Lake region is the increase in agriculture around the lake. The local fishermen have found more profit in posing for tourist photos than actually fishing. The increase in the floating markets are famous for growth of flowers, tomatoes, squash, and other fruit and vegetables on long wooden trellises supported by floating mats of vegetation. In the early morning, you can see the farmers paddle up and down between the rows, tending to their crops. Over the last 20 years, there's been about a 60% decrease in the mangroves in this area, and the areas have been for for the floating markets and other agricultural needs, and this has caused a big problem. The impact has been costly to the Inlay Lake and also to the fishermen and the lake itself. Another area of concern for Myanmar is the impact of deforestation for mining, which is causing silt to come down into the, into the actual lake and again cause damage to the local ecosystem. The newly elected government in November 2020 is looking into reforms for the ecosystem and human rights. This is yet to be seen and be implicated in early 2021. Critical new reforms are needed in favour of human rights with reforms and repeals against the current regressive laws that do not allow people their basic human rights. It was here on my short that my short trip ended without venturing further up into Mandalay or getting to cruise the river from Mandalay to Bagan. A visit to the um, Napoli beach was given the thumbs up by many people I spoke to without saying, with most of them saying it was spectacular. It's located on the southwest coast and it leaves me with a good reason to return back to Myanmar. I hope you've enjoyed this short podcast this week and I certainly look forward to you joining me again next week. That's all from me this week. Thanks for listening and remember, if you want to support the show, then share, subscribe and leave a review or comment. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram at 123TravelBudrum and on Twitter at 123TravelAbout. You can also find all my episodes and loads of great travel information on my website at 123travel.com.au. I look forward to having you join me on the next episode of Shooting Through.